Today's episode of Beyond the Rut is sponsored by Capshow, which is the ultimate AI content marketer for entrepreneurs who podcast, vlog, or live stream like yours truly. Stay tuned throughout this episode to discover more ways you can use Capshow for your content. For now, let's get straight into the episode. You have to do the work. There's just no substitute for doing the work. You're listening to Beyond the Rut, a podcast about inspiring you to make your own path and live the life you've always dreamed of. Here are your hosts, Sean Albright and Brandon Cunningham. Today we're going to be talking um, about obstacles to pursuing your goals and dreams. So this is really going to be a follow-up episode, which was over comfort zones. So I'm Sean, and I blog at seanalbright.com. And the other the other intellectual on here is Brandon Cunningham. And the unseen intellectual is Jerry Dugan, and he blogs at therealjerrydugan.com. And he also has a podcast that you can find if you get to his website. So Jerry what's going is on? not invisible. He just is not seen here, even though this is a podcast, so they don't see us either. <laughs> that is a great clarifying point, but it'd be a lot cooler if he was invisible. <laughs> it would be. He could go a lot more places. <laughs> Get free Mexican food. Yeah, that'd be great. All right, so so to hop right in here, um, I think this is a really important talk. Because it's one thing to identify your dreams and realize, hey, I got to get out of my comfort zone. I've got to, I've got to push things. But realizing you're going to come up against obstacles. I don't know why some of us think that you're just not going to. They think, hey, once I start pursuing my goal and I identify what it is, that's really the hard work and I'll just coast the rest of the time. And that is wrong, wrong, wrong. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of like, you know, as long as I stay down here in this rut, I'm safe. So if I stick my head up, everything's going to be awesome, and it, it's really not going to work that way. Yeah, that's true. You know, and, and we find that just with the recording of this podcast, we thought, man, once we finally identified what we wanted to do, which was a podcast, and everything would be fun and exciting and just click right into place. And I think we're going on, what, month three, month four? At least. Something like that. And, man, we've we've had one obstacle after another. And so we're getting pretty good at this this topic, I think. I think essentially, you know, it's like we watched a basketball game and said, hey, let's go buy a basketball and we'll be as good as they are. It turned out not (laughs) to even be close to the same thing. It's like, well, you have Skype. I have Skype. Let's do this. There were a million problems, including even tonight getting in my new headset and changing settings. Settings and, you know, the UPS guy coming late and all the many things that go along with that. Well, we both think that we're probably two of the most interesting people maybe alive at this moment. And we just assumed that if you just start recording us, everybody else will see the same thing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's basically the disadvantage in the world. They can't hear us speak. (laughs) Well, and, and the funny thing was whenever we started recording the very first time, we froze up like a deer in headlights. As soon as we were talking just like this, making jokes, having fun. And then we hit record and we both were like, um, well, hello there, people. <laughs> we had no idea how to talk. <laughs> we sounded like uh, Walter Cronkite and, uh, well, somebody else serious. <laughs> <laughs> somebody else we're not aware of that exists. Yes. Somebody else that's very stuffy. So anyway, so going back to the obstacles, we've, we've had our share just in this uh, endeavor of of recording so hopefully we can we can talk to that and share some of the things that we've personally went up against and, and some ways that we were over, able to overcome them 
And uh, so I'll kind of start. I've got a list of about five, and there's a million more out there. The second I make a decision to get out of my comfort zone and pursue something else, the very next thought is self-doubt. Oh, absolutely. And I think it's not just you. I think it's every human being, you know, should I step over this sidewalk or this crack or this, you know, whatever. No, you're going to (laughs) die. Yeah, and and the and the funny thing is is the things with self doubt. It's easy to overcome. Well, I shouldn't say it's easy. Overcoming that obstacle is pretty simple. It's it's affirming your yourself. It's talking well to yourself, like we've talked about on a on a prior recording. But that's the hardest thing in the world to actually understand that you're telling yourself a bunch of BS and that you need to stop it and that you need to reverse that and tell yourself, I can do this. I am prepared for this. I was made for this. You know, whatever, you know, whatever positive self-talk you need to tell yourself. I think uh, that's key what you're saying. It's simple, not easy. It's very difficult to convince yourself of something that it's really easy to convince somebody else to do that. It's like, well, Sean, you're just being silly. Just move forward. It'll be okay. But then you know, I faced the same thing or a similar situation. It's like, yeah, but this could turn out terrible. Bottom line is, chances are you're not going to die, so go for it. You're right. Well, you you had that kind of that moment this week even and kind of that self-doubt about I'm really having a, a hard time getting off my butt and doing things that I want to get done. I, I, you're in your little mini rut, and you're having a lot of self-doubts in a, in a sense of am I ever going to kick that, that uh, I don't want to call it a habit, but – that part of your life. Yeah, it's, it's almost it's almost a habit in the sense that you kind of fall back into that rut again. It's like you start to get disorganized or you you kind of fall off the the good eating wagon or the working out or the saving money or whatever it is and then you just start to question am I ever going to get back or close to where I thought I was going? All right. Well, so so tell us this week, and you don't got to go into the story of how you were feeling or whatever, but how quickly did it change from your your thought process where you were really kind of hard on yourself and, and having doubts about your ability to do things? How quick did that change to where you kind of bounced out of it? And what did you do specifically to, to make that happen? I think probably my wife and some of the people around me would say it took a really long time. It was a slow <laughs> process. Uh <laughs> One of the things that that I do is, uh, the first thing you do is to not speak to anybody else. Don't reach out. Don't get any help whatsoever. And then at least one or two people will ask you a question and you're like, yeah, I'm not going to explain. I'm not going to get into the whole story. And the distance uh, sometimes between you and I that it's helpful and hurtful in other ways because it's like, well, I I could explain the problem to you and then you're going to tell me to shut up and just get over it and move past it. But I got (laughs) to type it out and I got to text it out because we're in different schedules and all that kind of stuff. But it's so funny because it will last a long period of time until I finally reach out and say, hey, I'm doing this and this and this and uh, I'm just really frustrated it sucks the kids suck the wife sucks the whole job everything about <laughs> everything just sucks you know and you get into that mode and then once that's you weird because i would never say that about my wife <laughs> it, it's <laughs> it's funny whenever you say it and then somebody else like you comes back with that was just completely being silly for no reason whatsoever okay i'm making a, a mountain out of a molehill kind of thing where these self-doubts they're really not that big of a deal yeah. They seem huge until you say it. And then it, you yeah. almost, you almost just feel stupid right away because you, you can hear how, how terrible that sounds. Well, they're so unimportant that as I'm sitting here and we're talking about this, I'm sitting here trying to remember what exactly was the big issue. And, you know, part of it is, uh, I have a 14 year old daughter 
And if you've ever doubted yourself, go get a, or if you've never doubted yourself, go get a 14 year old daughter or just a 14 year old girl to, to say anything to you and you will doubt your intellect. You'll doubt your ability to do anything. <laughs> and we were kind of going back and forth about some academic stuff she needed to get done and, and it worked out good. But then she kind of, her mood shifted and, uh, and hold on you're telling me a 14 year old girl had a mood shift yeah and it was <laughs> you talk about something fast you know you if you've ever been to nascar or something it's it's slow compared to how quickly this can happen you know petting a tiger and it eats your arm off and uh but it just kind of came rapid fire you know and and that combined with other you know minor minor things but they combine and they bury you and then next thing you know, you're, you're thinking, well, why bother eating right? Why bother trying this business? Why bother coming home on time and, and putting any effort? I'm just climbing uphill and, uh, you've got to, you've got to speak that out. And then you'll, you'll find whoever you're talking to probably will tell you that A, it's not important. And B, there's many, many other things that you can do right if you just walk past some of this stuff. Yeah. So the, the self doubts take on, um, a cumulative effect because you start applying a little bit of self-doubt in one area, maybe your marriage, for instance. And the next thing you know, you're the worst employee ever. You're the worst father ever. You're never going to do anything. You're never going to make a million dollars. I mean, you just, you can quickly go to every bad spot in every category in your life. And you got to combat that pretty quickly. And I think we'll talk about some of that here in just a minute. I think that's one obstacle. And then, you know, you had a at, at one point, you had mentioned another obstacle and just one of those things that you, you fall into. And I can't remember it offhand, but you had said it just the other day. If you remember what was that, what, what else was on your list? Uh, one of them was the imposter syndrome. And I think that right. self doubt kind of goes directly into that. That's, that's where you start telling yourself, I'm not good enough to do this. I'm not an expert. I don't have what it takes. And that's a little different from self-doubt because self-doubt is just you saying really negative things about yourself. Imposter syndrome is feeling inadequate. And I think those are a little bit different because they do have very different feel. Really, imposter syndrome is almost taking a step or maybe you have taken a first step. And right away, that's the first thing that kicks in is, why would anybody listen to me on this? Or why would I uh, be able to do such and such? Who do I think? I am to apply to college again and, and try to pursue this certain goal. I mentioned last podcast that I'd given some advice to a friend of mine that he's starting a business. And it was shortly after I started talking that I was like, well, I've never started a business. So I'm not really sure why I'm giving advice. When I've done various things that are like that as far as, you know, in, in, in ministry and stuff like that. But I didn't, I've never taken some of the risks that he's about to take. It was so it made it clear for me as to where he needed to go. But immediately I got that imposter syndrome of just, wait, I'm pretending like I'm this guy. And I thought that was all in my head. And it falls, like you said, right back into self-doubt. Right. Well, I did that even out of college. So my background, I, I started my career um, as a registered nurse. And talk about imposter syndrome. You graduate thinking you know everything. And and the first day on the floor, you quickly realize you don't know anything about anything. And uh, that, that definitely kicks in pretty hard and heavy. And then my next career move was into sales. And I was looked at to be the clinical expert on my product. I had never used it a day in my life. I'd never even seen it prior to taking this job. I think, you know, especially like you were saying in nursing and sales, you know, it makes it really easy to just walk down the hallway and realize I'm with doctors and nurses and I'm out of, 
maybe not faked your way through, but realized maybe I passed a couple of tests that I really didn't study that hard. I don't remember <laughs> much from school and now I'm getting this job and they think I know what I'm doing. And, you know, that's, I imagine that's really easy in nursing. Yeah, it is. Well, you know, it was the same thing, I think, whenever I became a father for the first time. There was definitely that imposter syndrome where I'm not a dad. How am I supposed to do any of this stuff? And what's so funny is you start thinking right away about how am I supposed to talk to them about things when they're teenagers? And you're like, well, dude, calm down. That's 13, 14 years away. Change their diaper first. (laughs) Right. You will grow into it as you go. And I think that's true with anything with imposter syndrome is if you have the dream and the goal and you're ready to start pursuing that, just know you're going to come up against this imposter syndrome at some point and it's not real. It's just like the self-doubt. It's just something. Of course, you're not an expert at it yet. No expert is an expert until they've been doing something for a fairly long amount of time. Right. We had a family over this weekend and I had my great niece and my niece and her husband and uh, she was talking about, you know, I just, when do you start to know what some of this stuff is? And I said, well, now that you your mom and her, her daughter's about, uh, I think she's nine months old now. I said, I'm going to let you in on a little dark secret that those of us who've raised kids know. We don't know what we're doing. We made most of it up. We made a whole bunch of mistakes, and that's okay. Everybody knows you don't know what you're doing, so quit worrying about it and just do the best you can. And that's what our parents did. That's what we did. That's what our kids are going to do. Well, you know, and making making this really weird uh, connection here. So rescue me if I if I drift off somewhere. But when when it comes to pursuing a goal or a dream, that, okay, so that's in one direction. But we all are. Most of us are parents. Um, you know, um, I shouldn't say most of us, <laughs> those of us that are parents, we don't look at it that same way. We don't look at it as, oh my gosh, this is, there's going to be these obstacles and there's going to be these challenges and all these things. You just look at it and go, yeah, this is something I'm going to figure out as I go. I'm going to make a lot of mistakes. I'm probably going to have a lot of failures, but hopefully I'll have more successes and I'm going to rely on other people to help me out when I need it. I'm going to use the resources available to me. I mean, there's all these things, but then when it comes to pursuing some kind of goal or a dream, we make it so much uh, what's the word? We make a bigger deal out of it than it needs to be. And we it's make like it more complicated. Right. And, and one of the greatest things in, in this world is another life. So when we're parenting, that does matter. And we have the mentality of, oh, I'll figure it out as I go. But then when we're not dealing with a, a life necessarily, we're just talking about a pursuing a dream or a goal. All of a sudden we have all these things that freak us out. Yeah. Somehow bankruptcy is worse than death. You know, but yeah, you, you expect to call your parents and say, Hey, you know, he's coughing or, or she's, you know, doing this. What do I do? Or go to the doctor and ask or whatever. You know, you take them to the emergency room. You do something in a business or just a dream, a passion, you know, whether you make a lot of money at it or enough to just continue to do it. We have to assume that there's other people we go to for help. You know, if you're bleeding or your arm hurts, you go to the emergency room. Well, if you're struggling in what your passion or your pursuit is, get around people who know and go ask them for advice. Because like right. you said, you're not born an expert. Everybody knows you're not an expert. That's okay. Year yep. one is when you learn that kind of stuff. Yeah, exactly. And, and that's good because we're going to we're gonna get into some of the ways to overcome. So maybe we'll rush through some of these other perceived obstacles so we can get into the good stuff of really helping people out, hopefully. But um, so number three on my list is from an obstacle standpoint is friends and family. Those those can be 
people that help you out tremendously, but they're also going to be be the people that give you the most grief and uh, serve as some of the biggest obstacles because you moving out of your comfort zone is going to disrupt their comfort zone and they're going to let you know about it. And they're going to tell you things like, why are you doing this? That's the biggest thing that I, I get. It's nobody telling me I shouldn't do certain things. It's them asking me why I want to do it. Sometimes that irritates me as much as I would rather them just come right out and say, you shouldn't do this. Because I could deal with that. But then when they start with their questioning and they're, they're really trying to get to the motive and what they're really saying is, hey, what you're doing is bothering me. Right. Because you're pushing me out of my comfort zone, not intentionally. You know, we never go and say, hey, well, you're a loser unless you do what I do. All we're saying is I'm not happy. I'm not content with the status quo. So I'm going to get out of this rut and move forward and like try something and I'm willing to fail. The problem is you're never going to be, you know, famous or respected or understood in your hometown, you know, and, and that includes your friends and family, whether you're in your hometown or not, because they're going to say, well, you were that idiot that, you know, threw up in third grade because the teacher <laughs> asked you a question. What makes you now qualified to do a podcast and tell people how to start businesses? Well, first right. of all, I don't know, maybe 35 years that, that since I did that. So. People yeah. grow and people change. We can't base our opinion on what friends and family say, especially if they've never accomplished anything. Well, and, and the thing that I've always come to is like, and I have to actually remind myself of this once in a while, is I've got one life to live and I'm going to live it the way that I think is best, not the way that my mom thinks is the best and not the way that, you know, a friend from college thinks that I should live or the decisions that I should make. And, and that's something we'll get to here in a second because there there is wisdom and listening to what other people have to say, but just know going into it, you're going to get grief from the people that you thought were going to be some of your biggest support. It's not going to happen that way most of the time. So moving on, number four I have on the list is resources. You're, 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 a big obstacle you're going to come up against is that you either don't have the time or the money to do what you're about to do. And guess what? You're probably right. But chances are you have the other. So if you don't have the time, you probably have the money. If you don't have the money, you probably have the time. Use the one that you do have to compensate for the one that you don't have. Absolutely. And, and we were, we're a classic case of we had money. We didn't have any time. We, we had our, one of our first questions are, you know, what do we need to buy? And the funny thing about it is Jerry, who produces this podcast, first thing he said was, well, you pretty much have everything you need. No, we don't. We need to buy something. And, and he, it took him a while to get through to us. It's like, no, you really have everything you need. You think buying something's going to make your job easier. And it's really not. You need the right equipment, obviously. And we bought a couple of things, but we've not spent more than a hundred dollars on this podcast in, at any given time. So, you know, combined, it didn't cost us that much. The key is to get started. Like you said, you probably have something. Just use it and go. Get started. Right. Well, and, and like you're saying that that's really what we did. And like you were saying, you and I had the, we had the money to do things. Jerry has the resources. He's the people resource where he knew how to get this thing started virtually free. I mean, he's the king of finding free software, free programs, uh, or, or at least cheap or use them for seven days as a trial and get what you need to out of it, that sort of thing. Um, 
But then it came down to at one point we're like, well, I don't have any more time to, to do certain things. Well, you got to deal with that at some point. You have to decide, is that a priority? Is that really something you want to do? Because if you're willing to, to sink some money toward it and you're willing to use the people around you to help you get what you need, then you've got to commit to putting the time in. Absolutely. And, and you and I talked a couple of weeks ago about this is either going to be a part-time job or it's a hobby. And if it's a hobby, neither one of us really have the time or the energy or the passion for it. But if we're going to make it a part-time job until maybe someday it is a full-time job or whatever, but we had to dedicate time to it. If you worked at McDonald's or Pizza Hut or whatever, you would have to work at least 15, 20 hours a week. So you need to put 15, 20 hours a week into your passion, whatever it is you want to accomplish. Right. Okay. And then last but not least is, um, is fear. And, I, and that's just as an obstacle that you're going to face. And the, the acronym I've always liked is the, uh, for fear is false evidence appearing real. And I think that that's so true because all of these things that we're worried about, we, we envision that they're going to happen and they never do. The things that we're scared about rarely come to pass. Yeah. You know, when you think about it, you're, you're not going to die trying to start a new passion or a new business or a new venture in any way. Chances are, I mean, unless you're thinking of becoming Spider-Man, then you're probably going to be okay. <laughs> ah. uh, the worst we really get in our mind is what if, what if somebody, you know, what if Sean points at me and goes, see, I told you you'd be a failure. This sucks. It's like, well, how about a big deal? Who cares? You know, that all goes back to your friends and family of, you know, move past that there will be critics because if nobody criticizes you then you know you're not going to ever accomplish anything you think of anybody that's ever been president at least 50 percent of the people didn't like them no matter what party they were with or what they said you know 50 percent of the nobel peace prizes people probably had people that hated them all the time that's okay if you're going to do something that's epic or something that matters people are going to be mad about it Right. And I think that's something just to what you're saying is to be, be aware of it going into this. So we're not trying to scare anybody off, of course. I mean, this, the whole point of this podcast is to encourage you to go after your goals, go after your dreams, but go after them knowing these things are probably going to pop up and maybe not all of them. And there's, we could probably come up with a list of 10 other obstacles that are going to be out there, but I think these are probably the most, the most common or at least the ones that you and I have went through when you say. Absolutely. And I think fear is, is the perfect one to share with somebody else. I'm scared of a, and chances are that other person is going to tell you, that doesn't even matter. Don't worry about it. Just move forward, which really gets you into your first part of how to overcome the obstacles, which is, you know, who to tell and not tell your dream to. Yeah, because you don't need to tell your dream to everybody who's willing to listen to that. And I've made that mistake many times. And I've actually found, you know, looking at my my friends and family, there are certain ones that they are, they're not going to encourage you. They're not the people that you want to tell. And then there's other people that you know, the second you tell them, they are just going to be the most encouraging people out there. They're going to, they're going to help you through it. They're going to, they're going to help you eliminate some of those self doubts and uh, really help you through that imposter syndrome part of things. And even as a resource, they're going to be the person that says, you know who you should talk to about that? You need to call, you know, so-and-so and talk to them about that. And they're going to give you other good resources of people to talk to. Absolutely. And don't get on Facebook and post it to the world because if you have more than 10 friends on Facebook, half of them are not going to like your idea and not think that you can do it. Oh, yeah. Putting your dream and your goals out there on Facebook before you're ready to launch it to the world is probably one of the worst things you can do because you are going to get beat down from from the moment you post it. 
Absolutely. And I always go back to, you know, Michael Jordan was cut from his high school basketball team, you know, so everybody has critics. Don't worry about it. Don't tell, don't tell you want to play in the NBA to everybody. They don't need to hear it, which goes into your next point of coach versus critic. You want to get the coach. You want to get the critic out and not worry about them. You don't want to just listen to yes men. You want to listen to a coach that helps you get better. Yes, what you're saying, I totally agree with the coach versus the critic. And I think it's important for us to define what the heck we're talking about there. And um, I read a really good article, and I will have to put it in the show notes. It was by uh, Perry Noble, and it was like a four-part series where he was really defining what's the difference between them. And I think the first thing that he said, or the thing that really stuck with me, is that a coach wants to see you succeed and a critic wants to see you fail. The critic comes across as trying to be a coach, be your friend, be your whatever, but they do not have your best interest in mind. And if you can determine that early on, that they really don't want to see you succeed, you got to shy away from that person. That, that should go without saying, but people have a really hard time avoiding the critic. Absolutely. And, and remember, the critic is not necessarily the guy down the street that doesn't like you. The critic is sometimes a fan of yours in other ways, maybe a family member, maybe somebody who, you know, has always been encouraging, but this particular time is not. You want good information, but don't just rely on everybody. Right. Find the one that really wants to coach you. Stay with us. We'll be right back. And now let's talk about how you can use Capshow to repurpose and market your content. If you have a business like me, you can upload your cornerstone long-form content, like podcast episodes or YouTube videos, into Capshow, and it will create all your content marketing assets for you. And here's the coolest part. Capshow is more than just a robotic AI tool. It's a powerful blend of artificial and human intelligence designed by marketers to help you organically reach more of the right people on more platforms. Go to beyondtherut.com slash capshow, that's C-A-P-S-H-O, and start your 14-day trial and see for yourself. Now, back to the show. Have have you ever had that moment where you realize that, hey, this person, they're not really for me, not in this instance. They're really, they would rather see me fail. They they may never admit it, but you had that feeling. Is that, have you ever came to that realization? Absolutely. I, I, and I've told people in, in counseling appointments of just people, not everybody is for your marriage. There are people that you're going to talk to that are not necessarily for your, the success of your family, of your business, of your calling. And I've had a lot of people, and a lot sounds like an, an exaggeration, but when you've told as many people as I have something you feel like God really wants you to do, you get a lot of people that are not necessarily for you, and they don't come out and say, you can't do this. They come out and give you advice that really starts to kill your motivation or your, your they close a few avenues for you. They're yeah. really against you. That yeah. happens. Yeah, I, I totally agree. That The place that I see it the most is in the workplace when someone wants to apply for a promotion or maybe it's a management position or a director level position. The coworkers, the colleagues, 
they're generally the critics there. They start saying things like, why would you want to do that? Why would you want to be, you know, in that circle of people where they, you know, they drink the Kool-Aid and you start getting all this corporate talk going. And, and there's a lot of, there's definitely a lot of uh, toxic attitude going. The second you say, I want to move up, I want to do something more. And again, it goes to that comfort zone where you taking the initiative to improve your situation, it's going to push on their situation and their lack of ambition to do that. And they're going to become critical. Oh, absolutely. What makes you think you can run this place and what makes you think you should be the boss? And Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. So um, one of the, the next things as far as overcoming the obstacles is is the just get started mentality. Um, I think that really helps with the self-doubt and the imposter syndrome. Uh, even the resources, you don't know until you've gotten started. You don't even really know what resources you're going to need or what resources you already have. But until you start going down that path and you start talking to the right people, the coaches, the, the friends and family that are encouraging, you don't really know what resources you have available. I hear those kind of things all the time where somebody was wanting to start a business and they finally started talking to the right person. And then that person says, you know what? Let me put you in touch with my accountant. They're great. They do this, that, and the other. And the next thing you know, you had that resource. They were there all along, but you never would have thought about it unless you had just gotten started. I agree. And I, in, in complete honesty, I absolutely hate this particular point because people said it to us. I've, I've heard it a million times from so many people, and I've always thought I would be the exception. If I, I, I shouldn't have to just get started. It's something else should happen first. But the truth of the matter is, Everything I've ever done that meant anything to anybody, including myself, it, it started with just getting it started, just doing the work in the very beginning. And it is a boring thought. It's a boring point, but it's just true. If you want to walk across the street, you got to just get started. You're yep. not going to start a business or anything else until you just get going. Nobody's going to come tell you what to do. Just get moving. Well, you, you kind of touched on it, but why do you think that that's the one that you hated the most? I mean, why does that really, really bother you? Do you think that you've got to have like a, a well-drawn-out plan that covers you know, every possible scenario or is it just procrastination and you think, oh, I'll look busy for a little while. I don't want to have to put myself out there and become vulnerable. I mean, what, what specifically is it? I think it's a little bit of, of wanting the plan first and accounting for every scenario, but it's also a uh, scenario. scenario. So, so British. I I'm not sure why that came out so British, but uh, every possible situation. Uh, they sound like Arkansas, my kind of guy. <laughs> there you go. But it, I think it's also a little bit of just laziness and procrastination. It's like, I want to start at a certain level. I don't want to start at the bottom. I don't want to start with, you know, go out in the backyard and just hit golf balls in a net until you're good enough to even go to the driving range to hit some more golf balls before you're good enough to ever get on a, an actual golf course or before, you know, you want to start at the upper level. I want to just go out on the golf course. I want to join the best country club because I'm just there. I want people to pay me before I'm good enough. Right. But the simple fact of the matter is you've got to do, you know, this is our, I think, ninth podcast. Most of you may never hear the previous eight, but trust me, we've done <laughs> Nine, may not need to listen to them first, but the really good ones are going to be in the 30s or the 80s or maybe even the 200s before we right. get good enough for anybody to actually want to listen to them. Right. Yeah, you're, you're totally right. And the same thing was true with my blog where it's it's not great now, but it's 
much better now than it was, you know, 20 posts ago. But I had to get started doing it to be able to fine tune your craft. So whatever it is that you're trying to pursue, you, you're not going to be great at it at first. And that's okay. Just get started doing it. Um, and, and part of that just getting started, the next and kind of final point we'll wrap this show up is having a routine or a habit. And, and we could make a whole show over that, but trying to... Tr- will yourself into greatness, just wanting it bad enough, it doesn't work. And for the longest time, I thought that. I thought, man, if I just really, really want this, <laughs> it's going to happen. And we found out the hard way that is very far from the truth. Oh, absolutely. And I think that's why I hate the last point of just get started. It's like, no, I'm just going to really, really, really think about it. I'm going to pray about it. I'm going <laughs> to I'm gonna wish for it. I'm going to flip a couple of coins in a fountain. I'm going to find a four-leaf clover. I'm just going to will it into existence. And the truth of the matter is that just doesn't happen. Yeah. And sometimes we watch people like a Michael Jordan or a Tim Duncan or, you know, whoever your big star guy is and think, man, they, they take over game and just will themselves on this game. Yes, it does appear that way, but the truth of the matter is they've done all the work to get to that. Then you can impose your will on what's happened. You can't do that from the very beginning. Right. And one of the quotes that I like, if if anybody knows who Somerset Mom is, and I'm probably even butchering his name, but that's how I've said it since I've known who the guy was. Um, But he he says, uh, when he's talking about writing and talking about the routine and the habit, he says, I write only when inspiration strikes. Fortunately, it strikes every morning at nine o'clock sharp. And I think that's such a great thought on this is that he's setting a schedule. He's setting a routine to write. And he's not sitting around saying, well, I'll do it when I feel inspired. I'll do it when the market conditions are great. I'm going to do it when I'm in a great mood. or I'm going to do it when I have more money. He's saying, no, here's my habit. I'm going to do this every day and things will start to happen. And I think that's a great attitude for us to all have. You go to work at nine o'clock every day, you know, and that that's what he did. I th- one of my favorite quotes is from Randy Posh in the last lecture uh, book. It's a great book of just inspiration. Uh, he said, I found that a substantial fraction of many people's days is spent worrying about what other people think of them. If nobody ever worried about what was in other people's heads, we'd all be 33% more effective in our lives and on our jobs. <laughs> And I love that because a lot of times we do. We just think too much about what other people think and just get to work. Right. Yeah, you're totally right. We we give too many other people freedom to speak into our lives and you've gotta you've gotta be able to put a stop to that. You've gotta be able to allow people that or or the coach and block the ones that are the critic and uh, just move on. Get started. It's your life and you know the things that you want. You know the things that are going to give you satisfaction and and, uh, you got to be able to pursue that and not have your life dictated by somebody else. You're right. And sometimes we care about, we give other people permission to speak into our lives and they don't even know they have it. And we just, That's I, true. I think, don't like what I'm doing and you never said anything about it. <laughs> That's true. All right. Well, I think we need to to wrap this up. You got any any parting thoughts or any any summarization? Summarization is that the word? Some think that's what happens when you get your house ready for summer. <laughs> Summerization. Oh Lord, I'm gonna have to look that up. Maybe um, that's winterization. So whatever the word is, do you have it? <laughs> I think if I would summarize any of this, the last 30 minutes would just be, no, you have to do the work. There's just no substitute for doing the work. Yep. I believe, I believe you're right. 
So, all right, well, uh, I think we'll close it out at that and hope you guys can take some of this information about the obstacles and, and use it to move beyond. And uh, we will we'll be on next week. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Beyond the Rut as Brendan and Sean share tips on how to overcome the obstacles that hold you back. Be sure to head over to iTunes to rate, review, and subscribe to our show, then share us with your family and friends. You can also view the show notes of each episode on our website, beyondtherut.com. Because a lot of times we do. We just think too much about what other people think and just get to work. You know, the best thing I love about Cap Show is that they have one of the best communities ever. As a Cap Showvian myself, I always get invited to masterminds with industry leaders to get the insights and marketing strategies that take my business to the next level. Plus, they love surprising and delighting us. Go to beyondtherut.com slash capshow, that's C-A-P-S-H-O, and start your 14-day free trial with the Cap Show team today and join me inside that community.